You guys, I am on one today. I'm just going to tell you that right now. (laughs) I've been reading and learning so much about goddess culture specifically and seeing all of these different intersections between like ancient goddess culture and this movement that we are all um, increasingly being asked to engage in to restore our right relationship with the earth. There's this book called The Chalice and the Blade by Rianne Eisler that I've been reading and it's basically goes into all the historical cultural origins of this partnership-based, peaceful, um, nature-worshipping, goddess-centered culture. And I'm going to open with a quote from it, which is, Our early ancestors recognized that we and our natural environment are integrally linked parts of the great mystery of life and death, and that all nature must therefore be treated with respect. This consciousness, later emphasized in goddess figurines, either surrounded by natural symbols such as animals, water, and trees, or themselves partly animal, evidently was central to our lost psychic heritage. This lost psychic heritage, you guys, is actually so affirming for me and probably for a bunch of you listening because sometimes like when I am reading about the work of regeneration, working on it, figuring out ways to go forward with it, um, helping people through consulting and designing gardens, I feel like kind of a weirdo, right? Like I feel, um, I mentioned this on social media, like I feel like I'm walking between these worlds of like yeah, this kind of ancient and this new culture. And it's like to know that there were these complex historical religions centering on the worship of a mother goddess as the source and regeneratrix of all forms of life. I love that word, regeneratrix. Um, is just really affirming and like, oh, okay, you know, <laughs> humanity has been wired for this proper, maybe proper is not the word, ethical intelligent alignment with each other and with nature and in societies that are nurturing to all before and so it's kind of a matter of looking back in time and looking back in history um, of these different cultures I think also especially it's really important to honor and consider the cultures of like Native Americans and I'm in Hawaii you know the ancient Hawaiians these very um, land-based cultures that worked really intelligently with nature and had these very thriving societies. And I think it's so wild that so many of us have taken so many history classes in college and school and never once is the fact like, oh yeah, there used to be these amazing nature-worshipping, thriving societies where every being was super healthy and the whole cycle of life was really honored like nowhere is that mentioned (laughs) I kind of can't believe that it's just like wow but to be rediscovering it now in the context of my work and our work to do better for the planet and in society and to cooperate and really turn this whole human civilization thing Um, into something that's actually going to work out for us and for the planet. It's like very, very affirming to 
connect with these historical realities. So this context combined with my own reflection recently, I've been meditating a lot and thinking deeply about this work, this work of restoring the planet. And it's it goes from micro to macro, really. But to give one more example, I'm thinking of Minoan culture in Crete. This is like ancient Crete, a society in which the whole of life was pervaded by an ardent faith in the goddess nature, the source of all creation and harmony. The last quote I'll read for now is, in the mythical images of Crete, the goddess as mother of the universe, and humans, animals, plants, water, and sky as her manifestations here on earth, we find the recognition of our oneness with nature, a theme that is today also re-emerging as a prerequisite for our ecological survival. I mean, (laughs) mic drop, really. So where I'm going with this and a major theme that I see echoed throughout all the podcast episodes before and so much of this work is re-honoring the cyclical nature of existence, right? Like syncing with the cycles. A lot of our civilization and the ways that we live our lives have become disjointed from the ways that this planet and possibly this universe actually functions and it functions from what I can see in cycles from the smallest level to the largest level. So for example, our most recent podcast episode was with Zach Weiss of Water Stories and their whole work is restoring the water cycle and the water cycle is an amazing example of this powerful natural force that must be honored or it will destroy us (laughs) and not to be morbid with it but it's it's just such a clear example of like this is the way that this world works do you want to participate in it in the way that it's designed or do you want to get obliterated (laughs) and if you guys haven't listened to that episode yet I would definitely recommend it Zach is brilliant and it's not even so complicated um logistically to restore the water cycle right it's it's a matter of just allowing water to participate with the landscape the way that the earth was designed for it to do, um, allowing rainwater to infiltrate into the ground and recharge the aquifers and allow springs and streams to run and and be in this ever-cycling loop, right? Instead of paving over things, running it off, and then being shocked when, you know, areas become desertified and we're running out of water in different areas. And um, it's all very reversible but we have to zoom out realize that society was basically just designed incorrectly um on this one you know many levels but particularly this level of not working intelligently with the water cycle and it's not like it was done out of a malicious place it's just we just didn't know and the cyclical nature of life is teaching us (laughs) increasingly harshly like communicating with us that we must honor it and so I've been thinking about from every level to our personal lives to the way that we garden the way that we are in the world even like our own internal experiences there are these cycles that are real and that must be honored or a lot more thriving I suppose is available to us and a lot more empowerment is available to us when we honor these cycles so 
Um, another more concrete example before we move into these other levels is seed saving, right? <clears throat> so when we, you know, are growing a plant, a vegetable, say, that we that we enjoy and it does well in our area, then we can save those seeds and propagate them for the next year. And that's a cycle, right? It's like the life cycle of seed grows into a baby plant, grows into a large plant larger plant that produces food we get to eat the food the food has seeds in it and then we can replant the seeds and it's literally just this cyclical cycle that a lot of us only participate in one part of it by purchasing seeds and planting them but actually if we do the whole thing the whole rhythm um, it allows the genetics of the plants and seeds to optimize to our area it'll increase our yields and it decreases our dependence on capitalism and um, seeds being grown other places and shipped via fossil fuel allows us to develop locally adapted strains that will just do better in our areas and it's like again another example of and when we tap into a cycle participate with it the way that the world is designed to work it works so much better <laughs> but it does require participation right and I think being aware of the cycles and then aware of how we can participate in them is like such a huge I don't want to say hurdle but it's this it's this place mentally that a lot of us are arriving to or will arrive to in the future as nature and the world will continue to speak more and more clearly to us that we need to shift our course um in in all kinds of ways right you know climate change and food scarcity and all that okay so to bring it back to this book I'm going to read a little bit more it says in the early chapters of this book we saw how at the outset of our cultural evolution the feminine principle embodied in the goddess was the image not only of the resurrection or regeneration of death into life but also of the illumination of human consciousness through divine revelation as the Jungian psychoanalyst Eric Newman notes, in ancient mystery rites, the goddess represented the power of physical transformation of the godhead as the whirling wheel of life in its birth-bringing and death-bringing totality. But she was also the symbol of spiritual transformation, the force of the center, which within this cycle passes towards consciousness and knowledge, transformation and illumination, the higher goals of humanity from time immemorial. So I think it's like this twofold thing, right? Like these two parts go hand in hand, realizing that we are not separate from nature. Nature works cyclically, um, that there is the regeneration that happens. There's a death, growth, flourishing, fruiting, decomposing, becoming life again cycle. And then as we tap our consciousness into that, it also allows for this, seems to allow for this, expansion of our consciousness and this doorway into deeper learning and designing our lives in ways that that honor life actually <laughs> you know this birth bringing and death bringing totality it's it's this is what we're all engaged in when we we might not know it when we're born right but by us being born we are 
starting on this path. We're starting our own cycle, right? Our lives are a cycle from the time you're a baby, teenager, adult, elder, and then back to the earth. It's like this is one of those patterns, same as waveforms or things like that, that are echoed throughout our universe. So, so not to get too out there with it, but I'm just seeing all these really interesting parallels. And as I think about it more and I think about how there is a lot of knowledge available to us um, in this moment about how we can do better for the planet and each other and things, but how somehow this, there's these elements like from the, like how the book says of our lost psychic heritage that aren't quite connecting to to really mobilize more people around this and that intersection the the psychic the um, spiritual the the kind of mental the mythical mental framework around why to to shift our lives in this direction and the practices that we can do to embody this, like that's such an interesting and juicy intersection to me. Okay, so just a couple more examples I've been thinking of. Like, for example, if you are a person who bleeds and gets their moon cycle, um, that is another cycle like this that is a reflection of the energy shifts that happen throughout life, right? So it's like, as a woman, or however people identify, um, if you're bleeding and ovulating and going through these menstrual cycles, to learn to work with that has been extremely empowering for me. And to know that um, energy levels and inspiration fluctuates, and that's part of the design. <laughs> Like there's this quote that says nothing in nature blooms all year, right? And I think for people who bleed and ovulate, it's like nothing, (laughs) no one who bleeds and ovulates and has a menstrual cycle is going to feel the same way consistently throughout the month. It's just not how we were designed. And again, at the macro level, it's like not how life was designed. (laughs) Everything's constantly cycling. I've also been thinking about this in terms of emotions, right? The way that emotions come through us like waves almost. Like when an emotion will arise, like personally I've been going through some challenging things recently and it's so interesting to feel, um, for example, like anxiety or something like that, like come through you like a wave it literally feels like this rippling wave that that moves through and there's physical symptoms and there's you know the thoughts and the the kind of change in state of being and it's really empowering to know that these things are cyclical (laughs) so being able to just breathe and be like all right we are in this now and it's going to pass same with every other emotion I've ever had happy or sad it's moving through it's like a wave in the ocean and in that way I think our emotional um, 
psychological experience is also very cyclical. So when I think about these historical intersections and the ways that I've learned to, and I'm still learning, gosh, always learning, to sync up the way that I'm living my life with these natural cycles, I realize that there's so much to be learned. There's so much to be learned and practiced by all of us, myself included, in this participation of the experience of participating in life, really. (laughs) And the more that we can work with these cycles in ways that make sense to us, that work with our bodies, that work with the body of the planet, that are very beautiful to live and do and participate in, my experience has been the more that I do that, the more um, abundance really and prosperity and happiness happens for me at all levels and the positive ripples that come out of that around me to the people around me that I'm able to bring into my work here on the podcast and in the world. It's, it's, it really can't be understated how important this has been and how important it currently is like literally today where I'm at in my cycle I'm in a good place to really push and create content and have meetings and work out and all those things and I'm like going for it right but catch me in two weeks I won't be doing this but catch me in another two weeks and I will and it's like even the moon cycles, right? Learning to track and pay attention to the moon and plant our plants and tend to our gardens in sync with the way that the moon affects the growth patterns of plants. It's like this huge hack that I definitely never learned about in school. So as I think about all these things and incorporate them into my life, I'm I'm starting to put together a group container where we can dive into these these rituals, these cycle syncing, nature aligned practices and ways of life so that more and more of us can walk on this path together, so that more and more of us can experience this amplification really of our health, the health of the natural cycles around us And the sinking with the way that this universe works. (laughs) With this, you know, mythical, juicy, historical, ritual, witchy component. Honoring that, you know, not reducing this to some sort of like construction project. (laughs) Sometimes I feel like I see that in permaculture and other things. It's like, no, we are going full in for the the rituals and cycles of nature that are so calling for us to honor them. So I'm really excited to keep you guys up to date on that. If you'd like to head to my website, you can go ahead and sign up for the free mini guide that I've created around this regenerative rituals concept. And then once you're on the mailing list, you can stay updated for when the full course launches. For now, it's going to be a digital experience, but it's designed for you to take the information that you learn and turn outwards to your community, to your landscape, and your family. But also, in the future, just calling this in, I really look forward to connecting with 
venues where we can come together and do this work in person in the future as well. So please go sign up for the mailing list. And I am so excited to have us all connect deeper with the cycles and rhythms of life because it's beautiful and it's possible and it's just within our reach. Okay, I'll talk to you soon. Bye.